The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to episode 114 of... Yeah, it's that bad. My name is Joel. I'm Martin. And I'm Kevin. This is a show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are on Rotten Tomatoes and reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 1997's Cube, directed by Vincenzo Natali, starring Nicole DeBoer, Nikki Guadagni, David Hewlett, Andrew Miller, Julian Richings, Wayne Robson, and Maurice Dean. Went. Cube is a 1997 Canadian science fiction psychological horror film. How about a plot synopsis? Six different people, each from a very different walk of life, awaken to find themselves inside a giant cube with thousands of possible rooms. Each has a skill that becomes clear when they must band together to get out. A cop, a math whiz, a building designer, a doctor, an escape master, and a disabled man. Each plays a part in their thrilling quest to find answers as to why they've been imprisoned. Cube, tonight's movie was sponsored by Celeste. Celeste writes in and says, first of all, congrats on the success of your donation drive. I'm here to pile on a bit more and extend your backlog again. Maybe by the time you're done, Kevin Jr. Jr. will be hosting while his dad is mad from watching so much terrible crap sitting on the porch whispering a la Event Horizon. Save yourself from hell over and over. The movie I'd like for you to review is 1997's Cube, a sci-fi horror movie currently sitting at a fresh pushing 59%. Whoa, Kevin! That's interesting. It's changed recently, right? Yeah, it is currently now fresh. It's at 61%. How times have changed. This is a movie I loved as a wee lass with its ridiculous deaths, mystery, and great setup. Did they squander the premise? Is this film, in fact, fully fresh and the rotten rating a wretched ripoff? Or is it an accurate assessment of a piss-poor picture? I'll be interested to hear your opinions since reviews on this one are so divided and I can see both sides, even though I have positive feelings for this movie. Keep being cool cats, Celeste. All right, Cube, what's your history with this? I've never seen it before. I saw it once before back in college. I've seen this movie a bunch of times, but oddly enough, I've only ever seen it on the Sci-Fi channel. I've never actually seen the actual movie like mm-hmm. the, with the cursing and stuff. So I was really surprised when I was watching it this time around. I was like, oh, so much cursing. <laughs> Did it offend you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kept covering my ears like, oh. All right, let's do, let's do the top of the show. We'll discuss the actors one by one and we'll see how you thought they did. Okay, <laughs> in this cast, do you even want to discuss? They all were non-acting entities. This is, this is the worst acting I've ever seen. Kevin, you say that like every episode. You're like, this is bar none, the worst acting I've ever seen. All right, well, they keep topping. What do you want me to say? Specifically, <laughs> specifically, Holloway was a disaster. Yeah, she was. <laughs> what a train wreck. She is pretty bad. Holloway was a disaster. The detective, the cop. He was a disaster. I couldn't tell if he was angry or happy or... Roid raging? Roid... I just did It was roid rage. I thought that he had... Like, there was one part in the movie where he was supposed to be crazy, and I just thought that he was an idiot. I want to say that this is sci-fi channel level acting. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know what? It's funny you should say that, because there's one person in this cast that I want to laud and applaud. David Hewlett. He would later grow up and be in Stargate Atlantis, a sci-fi channel original series. That's what I know him from the best. He also had a little cameo in Splice, which is a movie that this director also did. This director did Splice? Yeah. It changes everything. That changes <laughs> five it. out of five. <laughs> out of five. Changes it all. So piss poor level community college acting? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're all so bad. I went with the old man. Ren? Yeah, he was in there for a little while, but I thought he was He was all right. Good. He was okay. He was all right. Oh, Kevin, you're so <laughs> begrudgingly accept. He was all right, and the guy that designed the outer coating for the cube, his acting was marginally better. That was than the other my guy. Sci-Fi Channel original guy. Yeah, the, everybody else is abysmal, a joke, buffoons. Do they deserve to get a popper's pittance <laughs> for this? They should be put into a Lockheed Martin orbital Zeppelin and launched into this onto the surface <laughs> of the sun. That's how bad they are. All right, that's pretty much it. Let's get into the brief history of Cube. All the characters are named after prison. 
prisons. Quentin, San Quentin, Holloway, Holloway Prison. Kazan is Kazan in Russia. Renz is Renz in France. Alderson, Alderson Federal Prison Camp in West Virginia. Levin and Worth, United States Penitentiary, Leavenworth and Leavenworth, Kansas. Oh, Martin, what do you think? I've been to all of them and <laughs> I totally identify with all these characters. Not only are the characters named after prisons, but they reflect the prisons themselves. Example, Kazan, the mentally challenged character in Russia, is a disorganized prison. Renz, the mentor, was a jail that pioneered many of today's prison policies. Quentin, the detective, is known for his brutality. Holloway is a woman's prison. After writing Cube, Vincenzo Natale developed and filmed a short entitled Elevated. The short was set in an elevator and was intended to give investors an idea of how Cube would hypothetically look and come across. Cross, it eventually got the feature financed. The majority of this film was shot with a handheld camera. Only one cube measuring 14 by 14 by 14 feet was actually built with only one working door that could actually support the weight of the actors. The color of the room was changed by sliding panels. Since this task was time consuming procedure, the movie was not shot in sequence. All the shots taking place in rooms of specific color were shot one at a time. It was intended that there would be six different colors of rooms to match the recurring theme of six throughout the movie. By sets of gel panels plus pure white. However, the budget did not stretch to the sixth gel panel, and so there are only five different room colors in the movie. Another partial cube was made for shots requiring the point of view of standing in one room, looking into another. An episode of the original Twilight Zone television series, Five Characters in Search of an Exit, was reportedly an inspiration for this movie. Kevin, you and I saw that episode together. We did. Okay, that's it. Before we get into this, I just want to say, I like to give spoiler alerts to certain movies that warrant them. And I think this is a movie that warrants a spoiler alert. What do you think? I'll yeah, leave, I'll I guess so. see you guys. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, it really doesn't matter what the outcome is for the movie. The enjoyment that I got out of this movie was figuring out what, not not really what was going on, but like how the people interacted with each other. It's more fun not knowing what's going to happen next. It definitely is. So if you have any interest in seeing this movie, I recommend checking it out before you listen to this review. Yeah, so we see this guy, he's, he's looking around this cube and all of a sudden something happens. Like we have like a sound effect and he's just like still not moving and we're not really sure what's going on. And all of a sudden these little cuts start appearing on his body and he literally falls to pieces like he's made out of legos he's cute I'm, I'm i'm gonna say i mean this is resident evil all over again all right? over again this is the original been here before it, been is. Here. it did it first i'm kind of liking it i'm liking it so far i'm like i'm kind of in right now I'm, I'm in on this movie this guy just got cubed for 1997 what do you think of the special effect of his fingers falling apart and stuff that all looked great but when we see the device yeah that cut him and we see it like fold up yeah, it looked ridiculous yeah yeah i agree it's weird his body this the effect that they use for his body falling apart looked like the cell level cg kind of stuff and then you're right when the thing folded back up we jumped to like lawnmower man cg <laughs> <laughs> so we cut from this character that was cubed and we don't see him anymore or any evidence of his body ever again that character was introduced just for shock value it was shocking this is a great way to introduce you to this concept of the cube and what it is it's a death maze it's such a better way like show don't tell right instead yeah. of the clunky ass text on a black screen that we get in every one of these movies where was my narration <laughs> where's my voiceover I guess in Canada they do things a little differently so what do you think of the look of the cube itself I like it it's interesting it's cool it's futuristic but you don't know if it's something from this planet or another planet like it's very ambiguous in its design it looks very alien yeah but not so alien that you're that it couldn't have been made by people yeah. You know, it was a little too stylized for me. I didn't like the circuitry designs they had yes. on all those panels. That drove me nuts. It was unnecessary. Martin, you would have loved Cube 2, Hypercube. <laughs> Kevin and I watched that one fateful night. Ugh. Maybe we'll talk about that a little later. See, like, right off the bat, I just want to get out that I enjoy the way people interact when they're enclosed in a space together. Sick fascination. But I don't enjoy them going, like, the, the movie is purporting that they're going through, like, a big area, but it's blatant that it's the same set over and over and over and over again. That drives me crazy because I feel like the movie's like, hey, we're tricking you. You think I, it's a different set, but it's not. I thought they did a great job of not making that clear. No, I bought it. I told I totally bought into it. Yeah. I totally bought into it. They're just endlessly going through these rooms to rooms to rooms. You guys are a bunch of fools. <laughs> yeah. We're the king of fools. <laughs> you really are. You guys are a bunch of fools. This movie is the king of going from room to, to room. room to room to room. <laughs> it gives doom a run for its money. 
It destroys Doom in that category. <laughs> this is the ultimate, let's go from room to room to room movie. Okay, so after this guy in the beginning gets chopped to bits, we cut to the next scene where we get to meet all our main characters. They're going to introduce the Ren. He is kind of like a hard character to, to, to get a pin on. He's kind of a loner. I think the old, old guy, he's got like street smarts. Right. He seems like he knows what's going on enough to be capable in that situation, yeah, even he, though he is completely out of his element. He knows something is going on and he's not telling anybody else. And he keeps testing each room for truth. Traps. So I'm kind of like, yeah, what's going on here? We get introduced to Dr. Halloway. We get introduced to the cop and this girl who I guess is in college. Yep. And it's it's unclear like what all of their purposes are. Yeah, they make it pretty ambiguous as to why they're there. You can kind of guess and hint at as the movie progresses as why they may have been picked. It's not like in Cube 2 where they blatantly tell you who they are and what they did. Yeah. I mean, at first everyone's like, oh, I just woke up and I ended up here and I don't know why I'm here. And the cop is trying to figure out, well, what did you do for a living? Oh, I'm a doctor and I'm just a student. And so you're kind of thrown into this situation where there's just a bunch of random people trying to make their way through this death maze. Ragtag team? I don't know. I don't know if this is ragtag. They were haphazardly <laughs> put together in that room. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, we don't really know. These just seem to be random people. But the cop, he immediately makes the jump to, we all have a purpose here. He jumped in it pretty quickly. Well, you don't think you would have the same conclusion? No. Like, why? Like, we're in this insane location. Why us? That's quite a jump to go from... We all have a purpose? <laughs> As if, like, someone put together a puzzle that we need to decipher? I mean, like, Kevin, has, don't, we don't all have a purpose in life? I mean, no. that, 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 that cop would have made a great cult leader. Like, he just jumps straight to, <laughs> we all have a purpose here. So, the Ren, it turns out that he is a famous escape artist. He's he's escaped something like 20 trillion prisons. And he's developed this, this system where he takes all his shoelaces out, ties them together, and throws boots into the rooms to determine if there's motion sensors. Apparently, he He's aware of all these different types of ways to trigger different types of sensors so he can figure out if there's a trap in the next room. Yeah, so each of the rooms is just a giant box with lights on the walls and there are traps hidden in some of the rooms. Mm -hmm. You go inside, a, a trap will spring and it'll kill you instantly. And each room has six doors. Yeah, basically. on the on the ceiling and on the floor as well. Mm -hmm. I got a question for you guys. Batman and Robin are in this. How long does it take them to get out? Three and a half to four minutes. Indiana Jones is in this room. How long does it take them to get out? <laughs> yeah. It'll take him longer yeah for sure yeah like like seven just, minutes he, we saw him he's an old man okay indiana he'd, jones he'd, he'd find a fridge he'd hide in it yeah he'd be there all day yeah. <laughs> so before we move forward with this i think it's important to point out that each of these people woke up in their own room correct they found each other pretty quickly they all woke up in their own room okay right and then they just kind of happened to find each other very early on he's the doc the, the cop is so convinced that like each one of them plays this part how do they even know that that's all the people that's in there our friend ren he thinks that he's got everything figured out tells everybody to shut up i got this bro i'm only taking you along because i need your boots lay this, off this is a cool character lay off me bro so he's throwing his boots in other rooms he's smelling the air he's like oh chemical tracers he's going to different rooms <laughs> he goes into one room he gets a little cocky a little uh a little full of himself jumps into a room <laughs> wrong move bro this weird ocular sensor comes out he says that mattered <laughs> Oh, oh, mattered, and which is a dirty word in French. And uh, he gets sprayed with uh, with with Joker acid. Yeah, this guy's entire head is like just caves in from this acid. What did you think of this effect? The effect was pretty cool. So he gets sprayed with the acid. He they they get him back into the other room. Yeah. He's like screaming as his face is melting off. They'll recoil in horror. Put the guy out of his misery. What, stomp him his head out? Or sure, something? do something. I, I mean, his misery is not going to last very long. <laughs> it was terrible. Martin, so you had never seen this movie before. What did you think at this point? Did you have like a theory of what was going on in this cube? Why were they there? At this point, I was like, this acting is terrible. That's how you... <laughs> I was like, I just I had trouble getting past how bad the acting was. What about when Holly was like, holy cats! <laughs> holy, holy cats! <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 when I was pulled back in. 
like, I was like, oh, they got me now. Yeah, you were going to get up to leave in the movie. Hey, <laughs> holy cats. I'm like, oh, I'm in this now. Oh, so before the guy loses his face, that doctor, she's going on and on about, she's freaking out, right? She's like, we need food and water. And she's a loose cannon. She's like, we're, we're going to go crazy. Our bodies are going to deteriorate. Or we're going to lose our minds. And the old guy, he rips a button off her shirt. And he's like, suck on this. It keeps this saliva flowing. What does that mean? Martin, you, you're a smart guy. You know a lot about the human body. How is that going to prevent you from starving to death? Listen, you're overthinking this, all right? <laughs> you just got to suck on something. It'll make you feel better. <laughs> yeah? If anything, it'll make you hungrier, right? Like, when you chew gum, it sends signals to your brain. Yeah. Your, your stomach starts bubbling up to prepare for the food. You just got to suck on something. You'll feel better. You got something for me to suck on? <laughs> you know, what did you think about uh, Holloway? She was really upset because my jewels, my amethyst. She didn't have her amethyst crystals for her seance. She could have opened her third eye. You know, you guys you guys are both laughing right now, but if she was able to access some power crystals, she probably would have been able to see the true path out of that cube. All right, well, you know, now is a good enough time as any to bring this up. What do you guys think about movies that all take place in one location? And what are some movies of this genre that you enjoy? I liked Buried. That's on my to-do list. I usually don't like movies like this. I really don't. What about Phone Booth? You're always going on and on about Phone Booth. You're right. I can't stop talking about Phone Booth. <laughs> He's right. I don't like movies or stories like this. And there's two that stand out for me that I had a bad experience with in high school. One is Waiting for Godot and the other is No Exit. I'm sure they're great literary masterpieces and blah, 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 blah. I hate them. I just can't get out of... Because I always find myself putting myself into the character's place where I'm just stuck in a room and it drives me crazy. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, I think it's probably the best. I mean, that doesn't take place entirely in one spot, but it might as well. It's like 90% one place. I love these kind of movies. I love it when they're in one spot and people just sit around and they talk to each other. And when the tempers flare, it's even better. I can't get enough. Other than Buried, I can't think of an example of one of these movies that I like. Phone booth? What about phone booth? <laughs> Colin Farrell. Yeah, what about it? Kiefer Sutherland was in that. You liked Panic Room. Yeah. You loved Panic Room. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> now, as somebody who was a first-time uh, viewer of this movie, the thought crosses my mind as they're trying to figure out where they are. Who would build something like this? And why? Why does it even exist? And I get stuck on this. Be- and I'm probably not supposed to. I don't think the people in the movie want me to get stuck on that question. No, no. Because like, what's really more important is the way that people interact with each other. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Like, they never explain it. There's, that's not the point of the movie. The point is to see how these people... You're right. It's to see how they interact with each other. They don't explain it, but we have to listen to them harp on about it for, like, 15 minutes. Correct. I wanted to jump through my screen and slap Halloway in the face. Absolutely. She's like, oh, it's the military-industrial complex, and I knew oh this was gonna gosh. happen. I'm like, oh my god, if I could just jump through the screen and smack you. I wanted her to die from minute <laughs> one in this movie. Why? I hated her. Whenever she would jump into the room first, did you secretly hope that that wire mesh would come up and just cut her into cubes? Not even secretly. I was rooting for it. (laughs) I was all alone in my apartment and I was still yelling out loud, please let her die. Wow. She was terrible. Every time she opened her mouth, I hated her. I did like the theory that uh, the one guy had about where the cube came from. It's just some government project that went out of control. And one guy was working on one thing here. Another guy was working on another thing there. Whoever had originally planned it was probably fired. No one knew. They just kept going. I like that idea a lot. What do you think of that? I hated that idea. Why? That doesn't make any sense. And how did they end up in there? Bureaucracy at its finest, Kevin. He said, why is it here? Because otherwise... Wise to not use it would prove that this is pointless. No, that, that doesn't make any sense. That whole discussion was so stupid. I to loved me. it. I hated it. Yeah, it, it was insanely dumb. <laughs> Wow, look at this. All I, all I kept thinking to myself was, they've spent the last 10 minutes not saying anything. They were constantly dancing around things and never saying anything. It exists? Why? Because it exists. This is the stupidest thing. Kafka-esque. Yeah. That's what that kind of thing is, right? It, it exists because it just does yeah. exist. Okay, we'll agree to disagree on this one point, but as usual, true genius stands alone. Wow. We're all sitting down, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so they're going from room to room to room to 
room, like in Doom, doing room checks, literally doing room <laughs> they checks. They are doing so many room checks. They they, uh, they come to the conclusion that there are these little numbers written on the entrance to every single one of the rooms, and they first assume that prime numbers is the key. If a room is a prime number, it has a trap in it or not, whatever. And that's the guy that they use to go from room to room to room to room. They use the girl to figure out. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the girl with the glasses is the only one of them who has the math ability. She's to a math solve. whiz. She's a math wizard, which is, you can assume maybe that's why they picked her to be in there. She's a math whiz kid. You know, when they, kid? When they first figure this out, she thinks that's what's going on, but she doesn't know. She then is so eager to jump into the next room when she thinks it's clear, and she gets in there and she's terrified. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. It's like, this doesn't make any sense. And that's when I remembered that little note about this movie was filmed completely out of order. It's like, ah, she doesn't even remember. But in the last room, she was like, I'm going in. I'm going to go first. This, wow, Kevin, you're probably right. You know what else is interesting about this? They probably had a really difficult time trying to figure out what their motivation was from scene to scene because it was drastically changing and they all filmed it sequentially based on the color of the room. How, <laughs> how insane. <laughs> Yeah, that must have been really difficult for these people. People that Still didn't Still not have, giving them a pass. <laughs> it must have been really hard for them, especially for people that can't act. <laughs> they're sitting there and they're talking and talking about this, that, and the other. And the cop, he is able to gauge exactly what time it is by using shaving as a way to track time. I knew, that you, you gonna, that? I knew that you were going to harp on this. Oh, yeah. Kevin, what'd you think? Five o'clock shadow. How did... <laughs> he said the last thing he remembers was shaving. That's probably like... That was probably your character. He's like, oh, the last thing I remember was shaving. Yeah. <laughs> How does he know how long ago that was? Maybe he was knocked out and kept unconscious for a month and someone was shaving him and then they put him in the thing. Possible. How would he know that? He wouldn't. That's my point. How he does wouldn't. he know? He wouldn't. He wouldn't know. What's your beef, Kevin? <laughs> where's Where's the beef? Yeah, where's the beef here? Listen, this cop guy, he's obviously an imbecile. He doesn't know what he's doing. It's true. He's saying that when he that, that he can see people's personalities like a flash of an x-ray. What, is, <laughs> what does that mean? What does that even mean? That doesn't make sense. That makes no sense. This guy's an idiot. <laughs> Flash of an <laughs> I would have pushed him into a room that I knew had traps in it just so that he would get killed and he wasn't a liability to my team anymore. Yeah, so, I, you know, this is a good point to bring it up. You know, so we've got the doctor who, whether we all want to admit it or not, we want dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to admit it. I need to admit. We've got this jerk cop who I can't stand him. You've got the snide guy who we really haven't even talked about really, but he's just Mr. Everything's a mess. I hate my life. I have nothing to live for. There's the college girl who's okay, but who who am I rooting for here? That actually is a really good point. They're all vaguely unlikable. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because in the beginning, I thought I was going to be rooting for the cop. And in this movie, he turns out to be the villain, mm. you know? Yeah. Real twist there. And it turns out that the guy who was just working, the snide guy that was very pessimistic and like self-deprecating, he's the hero. All right. So we meet one more member of the ragtag team. They're running around and, and a guy literally falls from the sky on top of him. He's the mentally disabled guy that was mentioned earlier in the synopsis. Yeah, he fell out of sky just like in Michael. Michael fell from heaven. <laughs> John Travolta falls. Yeah, this guy's name is Kazan. He's autistic, I guess. I don't know. It, it seems that way. I mean, he basically seems like he's Rain Man, right? Yeah. yeah he's like idiot savant kind of. Yeah. Right? So this guy's a huge liability. We don't even know that he is a savant. We just think that he's mentally handicapped. Yeah. Because th he doesn't, at yeah. this point, he hasn't he, shown any. Yeah, he's a mess at this point. They find this one room where it's a sound activated trap. They have to get to the sound trap room. They have to climb down into the room and out. All the while being totally quiet. And meanwhile, they have this autistic guy who prior to this was just yelling and screaming nonstop. I thought this scene was riveting and exciting. Your thoughts? I thought it was really tense and yeah, it was exciting. I did. I thought that this guy was just going to end up killing them all. Yeah, I mean, I found it to be somewhat unrealistic because it was such a physically demanding thing to get down into that room. You climb down the door and you have to... Cr How do you explain it? It's almost like it's a jungle bars. gym. Yeah, it's like monkey bars. You Super small monkey bars that you have to traverse to the side and then climb down a ladder. 14 by 14 by 14. You have, you'd have to be in, in good physical condition to be able to do that. How much money would something like this cost to make? Billions. Probably like 50 million bison bucks, I would think. <laughs> 
Do you think it was that 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 many bison bucks? Is this where you wanted your tax money going? Rather than <laughs> yeah, to fill Seymour Hoffman's rather genitals. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather than build a giant death maze and to see Philip Seymour Hoffman popping out of my face. Well, as I continue through this maze, these numbers keep taking on different meanings. They find out that the prime numbers are not really a good way to determine whether or not there's traps in the rooms, and that these numbers might actually be coordinates, like on a Cartesian map, or that not just a map, but they could be in a three-dimensional space and that they're coordinates in a three-dimensional space. So these these numbers keep on taking on more and more meaning. And this, I mean, I'm going to say right now, this girl is by far the most important person in this team. Oh, she's yeah. She's by far the most important. She's the only likable character. And she's pretty hot, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna keep saying it. Hot and tempting. (laughs) Pretty hot and tempting. She's gonna tempt you to do what? To enjoy her. <laughs> so when they get through the the room where if, if you make a sound, all those spikes come out, Quentin, the cop, he barely makes it because the autistic guy makes a noise right before he's able to get out of the room. So when they're in the next room, the cop nearly kills him with his bare hands, the autistic guy. So the cop is a character I didn't like. Now I absolutely hate this guy. You Would it be I... a stretch to imagine the cop hollow manning a dog? No, absolutely not. He was about to hollow man the autistic guy. <laughs> Yeah, but hollow manning a dog is a little worse than hollow manning a mentally handicapped person. No, it's not. Are you sure? I thought that you were a card-carrying member of PETA. I am, but... You are? Oh. Wow. Well, that's not true. The truth comes out of yes, Secrets that revealed. <laughs> that's not true. Yeah, so he was going to kill this guy. Look, I can understand. The guy almost was killed, so he might have been emotionally agitated. He did say one thing that I thought was a really interesting idea. He referred to the autistic guy as a trap. He's a living trap. Like they, they put in this room. Him in there. Purposely to cause to this prey chaos. on their empathy for this person. But That's a cool idea. But he's the guy who thinks everyone's there for a purpose to help them get out. He's paranoid. I'm going to say that also. Right? He's, he was the, he's the guy who said that. We all need to play a part to to get us out. Here comes this guy and he disregards him completely. Because he's weaker than him. They're all weaker than him. True. But they provide him with something this other guy does not at all. What? You... <laughs> Think about it. You... I didn't even understand that at all. So the cop, he's off the wall now. The doctor, she stands up to him. She's like, you're losing it, bro. You're a Nazi! Yeah, wait, like, what does that mean? He doesn't take very kindly to her words. No. He lays into her. He slaps her around a little bit. Oh, yeah. He turns into a woman beater. This guy is quickly becoming enemy number one here. You know what, though? I, I liked him for a second. <laughs> Ah, I can finally relate to somebody. I don't like Halloway, the enemy of my enemy. Is my friend. But no, I immediately went back to hating him right after that. They've gotten themselves to what they think is the end of the cube. They're, they're on the outside wall. They open up a door and they look out and there's just, it's black. It's darkness. And there's, they can basically see the outer case that the snide guy worked on. That was his job. But that's it. And they look around and there are 100 million stories up in the air. Yeah. Who constructed this? Where is this thing? I'm picturing it's like in like the salt flats in like like a desert somewhere. It's just like this giant cube. Man, this guy, if this bothers you, I can't even imagine what you would say about Cube 2. We have to watch that with, with him. Yo, you would lose your mind at what they do with in Cube 2, like where the cube is and stuff. Oh, man. Part of me is like, is this just like floating in space? Some Like, where is this thing? I'll tell you, Cube 1 is way more logical than where the cube is in Cube 2. All right. You will die. Literally die check, when you find out. Check logic at the door when you start cube two yeah. really <laughs> all right it that's mayhem <laughs> there are no rules and when i mean no rules i mean there's no rules of physics screenwriting <laughs> acting <laughs> oh, wow we should, we should watch it <laughs> <laughs> that sci-fi channel original quality movie oh yeah absolutely it's probably premiered there <laughs> So they're they're on this outside wall, and for some reason, they decide it's a good idea for someone to go out there. Desperate times call for desperate measures, Kevin. They're a bunch of desperados. That woman was a desperado, for sure. They took their shirts, their pants off. They made a nice long rope. I'm all right with this. I'm liking this. They dangle the doctor out the window. I'm really liking it. What was she trying to accomplish? You got to see what's out there. Why not? If it means freedom, you take the chance. But they could see. Freedom? Kevin, you seem to think freedom is free. (laughs) 
tread on me. <laughs> yeah, so the doctor is out there dangling by their clothes, and all of a sudden, there's a level 10 F5 earthquake. That's how they judge earthquakes, right? F5s. Please don't send me any emails about earthquakes. <laughs> Every time we say some dumb thing, Someone always sends me an email to correct me. I don't care about the Richter scale. Please don't tell me an email about it. Someone Does like Andy 20- Richter have something to do with yeah, that? Yeah, the Andy Richter scale of laughter. That's a, they judge. It has, it has, it has two levels, funny and boring. Uh, they just based on how hard Conan laughs. That's how strong the earthquake is to compare it. Well, anyway, so they're dangling this woman by their clothing, and all of a sudden there's an earthquake, and they almost they drop her, they let her go, and she almost falls to her death. And I thought it was curious that the one person who dove to save her was Quentin, the cop who was out to kill her. What do you think about that? It doesn't make any sense. You think it was just his cop instincts kicking in? I guess. I don't think he wanted her to die from an earthquake. He wanted to murder her. <laughs> That's a really good point. So he dives out, he grabs her, she's like, oh, Quentin, thanks. He's like, <laughs> later, bro. <laughs> Opens up his hand, lets her fall to her doom and she comedically croons in despair. She falls 70 billion feet into the abyss. I was so happy. This was the pinnacle of this movie for me. Watching Halloway fall her doom. Thank goodness. I was so glad I didn't have to listen to her talk anymore. The other characters, they're a little shell-shocked about losing this woman. And they're all pretty upset about it, so they decided to take a nap. Nap time! It's nap time, everybody. They're exhausted. You know, they're all tuckered out. Wait, how long are they going to nap for? An hour, Hour, Kevin. How are you going to know when an hour's up? An An hour's hour's up up when when I I say say it's up, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you didn't like that? No. It's so so cheesy. So how bad... Was the acting during that line read? It was terrible. I thought it was rock solid five out of five material. <laughs> Academy Award Best Actor. Yeah, five years in a row. It just keeps winning. <laughs> this movie swept the Canadian Oscars. After they have their nap time and their their sippy cups, <laughs> they decide to continue. Well, there's, there's a part time rapist comes into the scene. <laughs> yeah, Quentin kidnaps Levin, the the, the girl, the, the mathematician. Then he starts getting frisky, a little hand with her. Gropey. Where did that come from? He's a man. He has needs. They've been in this thing for what? Like three hours? <laughs> Look. He's a man. He has needs. He's just looking for some booty. <laughs> I like you. I want you. We could do this the easy way or we could do it the hard way. <laughs> the choice is yours. <laughs> The way he's talking to her, it's like he's had a complete mental breakdown. He's a lunatic. Oh, yeah. He's gone crazy at this point. He's raving mad. Oh, yeah. But he still has time to work in the sexual innuendo when he says, it's time to go down, Levin. Nice. Sick, bro. All right. So the other characters come in to prevent the rape. And then Quentin just beats the other guy nearly to death here. And then throws him down a one level or one cube through the floor. These cubes are really tall. And he throws him head down. Yeah, 14 feet. What do you think, Kevin? I, again, like, it's such a, a drastic change from what he was at the beginning of this movie. And to me, it really feels like it's only been a few hours. What, what about you? I mean, how much time do you think has elapsed here? Days. Really? I feel like it's only been a day at the most. I can't imagine they would be able to function at the level they are if it had been more than a day. Yeah, were they drinking their, their piss? Probably. No, I think at least a day. I mean, day. The, the one guy pisses to... in the corner at one point. Do you Autistic guy. They're yeah. not drinking his piss. He had to have drank recently then. They shouldn't drink their own piss. No, they can drink his though. Drink they, each have drink, they have to drink each other's piss. Yeah. It's the only way to be sure. So they're working their way down because you know Good they knew they knew they were way up high in the air. So they're trying to make their way straight down to try and get to the bottom. They get to a room and the snide guy, he's laughing it up. Turns out they're right back in the room with Renee? Renesme. <laughs> they're back in the room with Renesme all over again. <laughs> They're back in the room with Ren, with the guy whose face was eaten off early on. They're right back where they started. Going on in circles. What do you think, Martin, since you've never seen this before? I was like, <laughs> sucks for you, bro. I mean, this is inevitable, right? We knew this was going to happen. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love watching their souls get crushed over it's and great. over again. Like that he snaps when he sees that. He does. What was more interesting to me, though, was that he had blood pouring out of his ears. That means that he has like a severe, you know, skull fracture or something is really serious. 
serious. Like, he's really injured. He is fatally wounded. For sure. For sure. So, you know, for a good second there, I thought that they had gone in a complete circle, but when they open up the trap door to see where Ren was killed, which was in a blue room, there's still an opening out into the space between the cube and this outer shell. So, they're not where they started. Something's going on there. And I'm like, what is happening? Well, it turns out that while it's shaking, the cubes are shifting and moving around this entire giant matrix. And I'm like, whoa, what the hell? Did you like this concept? I did. It was really cool. I thought that it was really interesting the way that they did that because now I'm like, wow, they're totally screwed. So finally, you have a nice thing to say about the cube? <laughs> you don't care about the people. You just want me to talk well about the cube itself. Yes, exactly. Like, like please applaud this cube. <laughs> But anyway, so it turns out that the autistic guy is Rain Man. He's able to figure Count out... Count cards at the casinos? Yeah, and matchsticks and everything. Five no, minutes he, to Wapner. He's able to calculate prime numbers from huge astronomical figures really quickly. And that's how they're able to figure out which rooms no, are present he's, or he's, not. No, he's able to, ca- he's he's able to calculate factors of, of large numbers. Which makes determine. it even more impressive. Which again, this is a level of math- mathematics I just don't get. No, it's, it's how many different ways can this number be divided into another number or into other numbers, which is insane that he can do that in his head. Which is probably why they put him in there. I mean, to be able to do that, you have to have like some kind of, I don't know, that that number guy from Great Britain is able to do it. And he's able to do it through synesthesia where he's like, oh, this number feels like it has factors, like whatever can factor three, three different ways. It can be factored three different ways. So all the pieces are in place. The math whiz girl, she knows where they need to go. And and the autistic guy can tell them if the cube they're about to go into is safe or booby-trapped. That's it. They got the treasure map. They're ready to get out of here, right? Everything's good. They make it to the last room because they believe that if you go to the right room at the right time, a bridge will appear and you'll be able to exit. As they're trying to get to this bridge, they make a break for it. They try to escape from the cop, Quentin. How do they do it? Well, the, the snide guy, he basically takes the door and when Quentin's about to enter the room they're in, he jams the door shut on his neck. That should have crushed his trachea, in my humble medical <laughs> opinion. I-M-H-O? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know. I think this is a bad move on their part, because it just enraged him more, right? Listen, if you're gonna do a move like that, you go all the way. You either brutally murder this man, or you, you, you don't do it at all. No half measures. They can't lock a door behind them. Half measures avail us nothing. You the, either have to go all the way, or don't do it at all. So, they can never, unless they kill him, he's gonna find them. What's the point of doing this? They would have to incapacitate him long enough for them to get away and hope that he gets stuck in a trap. Well, the way they get rid of him is that like they they trick him by opening a door beneath him and he falls down and it looks like he dies, cracks his head open. Mm-hmm. Even though earlier in the movie he grabbed the other guy and threw him down and he survived, no problem. He fatally wounded him though. I'll make that argument because as the movie progresses, his, his complexion gets <laughs> paler and paler, more ashy. They finally make it to this, to this uh, one room away from the bridge room and it gets pretty intense so they make it to the one room that they were in the very beginning they just should have stayed where they were yeah that's what she said she's like we should have stayed here i got a problem with this how so so what we know is that all the cubes are caught they're all moving right okay that cube that they got to we're being led to, to believe that that's like they were put in the cube they needed to be in the whole time but only one person was in that cube they all started off in their own cubes right so the idea that they needed to stay put is false. They were all in different cubes. Okay. What about the other four people that were not in that cube? Plus, there would be no way to decipher what the numbers mean without moving around from cube cube. Yeah. But regardless, like, I could see if they all started in the same cube, then they'd be like, oh, we should have stayed here the whole time. But it was, I guess, coincidence that all their cubes were around each other when they woke up. You sound dismissive. Are you dismissing this? Yes. Is this dismiss as coincidence? Yeah. Yeah, shouldn't do that. Well, anyway, so they they open up the door. They get to where they need to be. They open the door, and this heavenly angelic light <laughs> what is up with that comes streaming <laughs> bursts out. through that door. Yep, which makes me think that this cube might be located on the surface of the sun. <laughs> Is that where, or, or it's in heaven? It's purgatory. You got to make your way through it to get to heaven. Hey, I like that. Kevin, you uh, did thinker. it again. You did it again, bro. 
And right before they go through the door to heaven, our buddy the cop shows up again. He has a door handle from one of the doors. It's sharp and pointy. And he uses it as a death stick. And he starts stabbing people to death. A.K.A. a knife? <laughs> death stick. A sharp death stick. <laughs> Can you pass me the death stick? I need to cut my food. <laughs> <laughs> so that death stick goes straight through. I, I couldn't believe it. The math wizard. She was the most likable person in this whole movie. Yeah, I couldn't believe they did this. Who do I think they are? <laughs> Who do I think Where they are? Where did they get off? <laughs> Unbelievable. How dare they do this? Okay, yeah, so they slaughter her. The other guy gets stabbed. Our buddy, Kazan, the autistic guy, he actually makes it into the doorway. They have a bit of a scuffle. And right before Quentin jumps in to escape, our buddy, the snide guy, grabs his leg and the cop gets slaughtered <laughs> as the cube shifts and he's just like smushed. What'd you think of that trail? It's pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. How much did it piss you that they just did? They just didn't jump right out into the opening and they had to have some type of emotional, moral quandary discussion. Oh, there's nothing for me out there. It it's just a bunch of dumb people. Me nuts. Yeah, there are a couple I'm parts like, in this movie where they go into these heavy handed tirades about you have a chip on your shoulder and oh, what, what, does, what does your life mean? What, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that stuff's kind of crappy. Worry about that when you get out of this thing. Yeah. If you get out of this thing. That's a really good point. We don't have time for the crap. We gotta go. That drove me crazy. Yeah. He's, he's considering staying in this literal hell cube. It's... <laughs> it's in hell cube. It drove, like, it drove me nuts. He's like, oh, there's just some... And, and his reason isn't like, I need to make up for <laughs> playing a part in building this thing. It's, there's dumb people out there. There's endless human stupidity. Yeah, and he's part of it staying in this dumb hell cube. Why does he just get out? Well, anyway, so this movie ends with a shocking plot twist. The only person to escape the cube alive is the last person that we would think would make it out alive is the autistic guy. He walks off into heaven. Do you like the way that he has his arms stretched out? Like, like Jesus. Like he's about to ascend alive into heaven. I saw that. Oh. I noticed that. I'm like, wow, he's an angel. He really was an angel the whole time. By the way, how did A, Quentin find them? Yeah, I have no idea. And B, get into the room so quietly since those doors make so much noise? How did he pull that handle off the door? Those yeah, I don't know either. There. How did he survive the 14 foot fall? <laughs> That's not important. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Cube. Let's find out what the real critics have to say about this one. If writer-director Vincenzo Natale, the storyboard artist for Keanu Reeves' giant mnemonic, were as comfortable with dialogue and dramatizing characters as he is with images, this first feature of his might have worked better. Bob Graham, San Francisco Chronicle. We have no stake in the stick figure characters or their monotonous quarrels. They're just meat inching through the void, trying to sidestep instant oblivion. Owen Gleiberman, Entertainment Weekly. And finally, Cube is a film boxed in by by its own intriguing central premise. Nick Shager, Slant Magazine. Okay, guys, this movie currently holds a 61%, but at the time, it had a 59%. So is it really that good or is it that bad or who knows? What did you guys think of Cube? You know what? I really agree with the, the critic that said that it was just a bunch of meat being dragged through the void. <laughs> <laughs> I like his verbiage and I agree with the with, with with what he's saying. It's a bunch of these like flat stick figure characters that I don't care about. And in a movie where you're supposed to really get drawn in between the interaction between these people, they're really one dimensional and I really don't care about them at all. It means nothing to me. I do understand that it's supposed to be like a premise movie where I'm supposed to be intrigued by this idea. But even that isn't enough to really pull me in and draw my attention. And I found myself in a lot of parts of this movie like really losing interest. Like I think the idea is cool, but I don't think it was executed well. So, I don't know. I feel bad, but I kind of am like begrudgingly going to give it a 2 out of 5. Wow, his review is my review of Cube 2. This guy needs to see Cube 2 so bad. <laughs> he might go negative on the rating. Yeah. It might be a negative 2 out of 5. Oh, yeah. it, is it really? It's that? No, no. It has so much stuff in it that you personally would think is awesome, like the concepts, but it's executed so poorly that it would drive you crazy. I think... We should watch it with him, but instead of us watching the movie, we just watch him. <laughs> yeah, Mars and it would be movie. so much more entertaining. <laughs> Why I'm just like getting infuriated the entire time. I'm just like, no. <laughs> For me, is this movie that bad? 
Yes, it, it it's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> Martin will spit up. <laughs> I'm going to give this a two out of five. It gets the two because the premise is interesting enough, and this movie is short enough. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's an hour and a half flat. The acting and the characters, everything that's not the cube is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really a shame. It's amazing this movie hasn't been remade by Hollywood. Yeah, I could see a remake of this. I'd gladly watch a remake of yeah, this. Because the premise... Put Shia LaBeouf in there, Megan Fox. Shia LaBeouf, this is way below Shia LaBeouf <laughs> at this point. Are you kidding me? If you put some competent writers and actors into this mix, this could be a really good movie, like a classic sci-fi movie. Yeah. But as it is, it's it's a good idea that was completely squandered. And, you know, it's almost like, I would almost say, like, wait for the remake. <laughs> <laughs> Hope one day they remake this movie and then watch it when it's confidently made. Because as it is, it's, it's a novel idea, but... But as a movie, it just, it doesn't hold up. Okay, as for me, is it really that bad? No, I don't think it's that bad. What a shock! What a surprise, <laughs> right? Joel, this, you never do this, ever. <laughs> You've never done this before. You've gone against the grain. You've never been a contrarian. <laughs> ever. What are you talking about? We, we usually, like, give the, every movie the same score 95% of the time. You're right. <laughs> Anyway, genius stands alone. Anyway, yeah, the genius stands alone. <laughs> Listen, Martin, a, a light can only shine so bright when it's standing next to a supernova. <laughs> that was Descartes, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so while I was watching this movie, I could very easily see the glaring flaws that are in it. And the first time I saw this movie, I was like in high school. So I ate this movie up on a silver platter. <laughs> I mean? just shoveled it into my With mouth. A silver spoon? And I let all the meaty parts just dribble down my chin. <laughs> I loved this movie when I was in high school. It was just delicious. <laughs> So, to more, me... Please, please, more food analogies. <laughs> Not enough. This movie's so tasty. So, to me... Did it make you salivate? There's a very soft, chewy, nostalgic center <laughs> at the core of the hard nougat exterior of this movie. And I love it. I love this movie just for that. Like, I have this very nostalgic, warm feelings towards this thing. How does it taste? Delicious! <laughs> Well, anyway, I like this movie. I think this, in reality, I'd give this movie a three. If this was any other movie, I'd give it a three. But because I have these warm feelings for it, it gets the honorary Joel four out of five. <laughs> You're on a different scale now yeah. with Joel four out of five. <laughs> no, it's the honorary Joel. Oh, it's, honor it's the honorary Joel scale. <laughs> so seconds, please. All right. I give this movie a posthumous four out of five. That was it? That was the big build-up? Yeah. Posthumous? Why is it posthumous? It's not dead. I don't understand this at all. This movie's not dead. It was not, not dead. That was a gigantic build-up to something that I don't get. Think about it. <laughs> what? Well, there you go. That was Cube. Let's read some listener mail. I couldn't think of that word for the death of me. <laughs> what, is it even, what does that even mean, though? <laughs> Posthumously awarded a four out of five. I gave it to that score. Uh, beyond the, the grave, I'm dead, and I'm giving it a score. <laughs> like I left a note, <laughs> my suicide note. Four out of five. I give Cube a four out of five. And that's all my suicide notes. <laughs> they bother for years. Gavin writes in and says, Hey, all nights of you asked that bad. Your Street Fighter episode was bang on the money. I'd like to repay another excellent episode with a tidbit of information. Before Kylie Minogue was a pop star, she was an actress in Australian daytime soap opera Neighbors, where two little-known actors called Russell Crowe and Guy Pearce starred. She even had scenes with them, which can be found on YouTube. Kylie continues her pop career as a kind of Australian Madonna, but delivers the occasional acting job, such as a 
recent Doctor Who episode for BBC. Anyway, thanks again from Scotland. There you go, Kevin. You want to know about Kylie Minogue? I don't know how much she'd like to be called the Australian Madonna. Yeah, that's that's insulting, yeah, isn't that's, it? That, that, today, that's insulting. Daniel writes in and says, Hey guys, I've been listening to Yes That Bad Archives, and it has been hinted that Martin and Joel are designers. I'm going to assume you guys aren't fantastic, feministic, and futuristic fashion designers, but rather graphic designers. So the tech nerd in me wants to ask, what is the best design mobile OS? What do you use for your phone? Kevin has a lot to say on this issue, oddly enough. I mean, I just got an iPhone 5 and I've enjoyed my experience. Much more polished than my former Android device. Yeah, Androids are a piece of junk, in my humble opinion. I am a Joe. I'm going to stand alone on this and say that I enjoy my Android device more than my iPhone Apple OS. True genius stands alone, huh? True genius stands alone. I'm sitting. <laughs> DJ Clive writes in and says, Hey guys, I couldn't help but notice a lot of references to Batman, the animated series, in your show. In my humble opinion, that was the greatest animated series ever. Every episode was like a mini movie. I present to you a real tough question. What was your favorite episode of Batman, the animated series? <sighs> this is very coincidental. Whoa, dismiss this coincidence. <laughs> I love Dreams in Darkness, where Batman is infected with the Scarecrow's fear toxin. The part at the end where Batman hallucinates gives me goosebumps every time. Whoa. That is a good one that we totally forgot about. Yeah. Kevin, what were we doing before we recorded this episode? We were watching a YouTube video which purported to tell us the top 11 episodes of the Batman the Animated Series. I thought it was bunk. Kevin had a serious problem with this list. It was missing what I think is the all-time best episode, which is Robin's Reckoning. Zuko! Zuko, man. He has 20 other aliases. But who is he really? <laughs> Zuko. Well, favorite episode? Robin's Reckoning. I'm not going to be a contrarian on such an important issue like this. It's absolutely <laughs> Robin's Reckoning. <laughs> Buck the trend. <laughs> yeah, do it. Go do for it. it. Do it. Be different. I don't know. There's a lot of episodes I like better than Robin's Reckoning. Almost what? got him? I think that's a better episode. Almost got him's a fun episode. Yeah. But Robin's... Like, I, I, if I watch Robin's Reckoning right now, there's that 75% chance I'd tear up. <laughs> Okay. All right, we'll leave it at that. I'm going to kick it up and say that there's a 99.9 <laughs> repeating percent chance I'd tear up. Okay. I think I think Heart of Ice is better than Almost Got Him. Yeah. All right. All right. Will writes in. He wants to talk about a nightmarish experience he recently had. He was what recently it? on vacation, and, and when he went to watch a couple movies, these are the movies that were available for him to watch on TV. Ready? All within a 24-hour period. Underworld, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Godzilla, 2012, and all four Twilight movies. It was living hell. Every time I turned on the TV, I'd be tortured with Kate Beckinsale trying to speak with Fangs, that giant submarine with a turban guy, <laughs> or a Chinese guy say Gojira. What do you think? Welcome to our world, man. I think most of those were on AMC because I saw last week that Godzilla, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen were both on like back to back on AMC one night. Those are those are movie classics. <laughs> American movie classic. <laughs> wow. All right. Oh, by the way, Will's dropping a bombshell here. He says, P.S. I am currently dating Tom Selleck's granddaughter, and I'm proud to say that he is still sporting that beefy mustache. Nice. He must be extremely scared. 23 out of the 24 hours he's alive during the day. Oh, yeah. I would imagine. That's very intimidating. He's also wondering who you guys think has the best mustache. Selleck or Skerritt? Uh, I'm going to say Selleck. Just on the off chance that it might get back to him, I have to say Selleck. Okay. All right. This guy is a very brave man to date Tom Selleck's granddaughter. I'm gonna tell him that I don't. I don't have the bravery that he has. <laughs> okay, Martin. This is a question that Does you might be. Does his granddaughter have a mustache? <laughs> I, was, I was wondering that too. <laughs> Okay, thanks for those emails, guys. If you want to contact us, you can reach us at yesthatbad at gmail.com. Okay, now it's time to announce next week's movie. And next week's movie, we'll be watching Val Kilmer in Mind Hunters. Is this Fat Kilmer? I think so. I can only hope. Or is he in some type of like intermediary phase? Oh, okay, in a flux state? He's just a state of constant flux between being fat and skinny. <laughs> He's like, got, constantly going back and forth. Okay, tune in next week when we'll be watching Mind Hunters. Okay, thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those five-star reviews really do help with the show. Please help spread the word of the show to all your friends by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash yatsthatbad. You can follow the show on Twitter at yatsbad. You can follow Marna yatsmarna. You can follow Kevin at yatskev. And you can listen to the show on all your mobile devices via Stitcher. You can get that at stitcher.com. And don't forget to get our latest premium podcast, Green Lantern, from Yeah, It's That Bad. Bad.bandcamp.com. Once again, thanks for listening to the show. See you next time.
And the other telltale sign that I knew that they were either Canadian or British, and they weren't British, is that the girl with the glasses referred to the letter Z as Z. I mean, I think pretty much everybody besides Americans referred to Z as Z. Who cares about anybody but Americans? USA! 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 <laughs> oh, man. I love you guys. These colors don't run. <laughs> don't tread on me. <laughs> Don't you dare tread on me. <laughs> you ever tread on me. <laughs> <laughs>